on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Well, look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Well, howdy. Hi there. Hello, love. Hello. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. But we're glad you are here now. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Make yourself feel right at home. Sit down, spend some time with us here this morning. Watchdog Morning Show. It's a short show today, as always, on a Wednesday. So we've only got about 50 minutes left to go before we turn things over to the legislative watchdogs for their take on all matters political. But in the meantime, Bob and I have a number of things to get into today. We're going to talk about the King Charles as a cancer diagnosis and what that might mean in Great Britain. And we're going to talk more about uh, Governor Justice's companies. Uh, the Greenbrier Sporting Club, not the Greenbrier itself, the Greenbrier Sporting Club, properties around the Greenbrier, going up for auction with Brad McElhaney. That's coming up a little bit later. They're not going up for auction with Brad McElhaney. It's not like it's not like he's doing the auctioning. He's not competing with Jim Frio. Our conversation will be with Brad McElhaney about the uh, Greenbrier uh, Sporting Club going up for auction. So sit down, have whatever whatever you're drinking. I got some coffee, still a little bit of coffee left, and I'm drinking mainly sparkling water. You got your Gatorade or your is Powerade or something this morning? Yes, it's this, the uh, the Powerade Zero Fruit Punch, Howard. Well, that sounds good. Uh, we were off yesterday. You're not a big country music guy, but uh, did you see where Toby Keith passed away? And he is one of the country mu- country music performers I really liked. Well, you're in for uh, tomorrow's uh, Country Day. So we're gonna do to- we Toby will pay Keith? tribute to Toby Keith That's tomorrow. That's great. Uh, I was looking at, you know, I mean, I mean, he's got a lot of songs, actually. I mean, I know. Not hard to find nine of his. You know, Red Solo Cup. And you know what? I think, well, it's all over now anyway, but if you remember, right, and I was watching the broadcast, it was Toby Keith that changed the way the broadcasting was done for Jamborina Hills because, well, I think he had a couple drinks and he just, you know, he, he forgot that he was live on TV. But what was great, which I'll never forget about that, Howard, you know, I'm watching that on Channel 9 and, um, you know, they were he was doing his set and his guitar player started into something else. He said, no, 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 stop. And he played Country Roads oh, with cool. his guitar cool. and just did it about as good as anybody could. He, and uh, it was just awesome. That'll be my my really good memory of, uh, of Toby Keith. I know a couple of people who, who got to know him, mainly because of his appearances here, but I mean, on a personal level. Um, and they say he's a really nice guy. Strikes me as a nice guy. I just, I love this, again, one of the, I won't say one of the, I like country music, I do. But he's one of the country music stars that I really appreciated his music and uh it was fairly young, too. What, 60-something? I think it was maybe even younger than that. But I'm, I'm, don't hold me to that. I'll know more tomorrow. But tomorrow, all Toby Keith. All right. I like the sound of that. 8-12 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's a cold morning, my friends. 26 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 23 at the Highlands. 20 uh, in Elm Grove. And 26 degrees now here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. But take heart. While it's a cold morning, it's going to be frost in the windshield if you haven't checked it out yet. It's going to be a nice day today. Sunny. Daytime high should be up to 50 or so into the mid-50s by tomorrow. Some rain comes in over the weekend, but we'll still stay in the mid-50s all weekend long. All of that sounds like a pretty good uh, 
a pretty good deal. Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open for you to use at 304-214-1600. We were talking, um, well, here's somebody reminding us, hey, don't forget Toby Keith died on Monday. Yeah, that's, we did not forget. We shall take we sp- not. special note of that tomorrow. Frio Stack Auction Service text line. The Super Bowl, oh, you, we talked about the prices keep average fans away. Texter says the Super Bowl doesn't want average fans there. Boy, that's true. I think that's that probably is true. Exactly. They don't want average fans there. Uh, let's see. And also off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Uh, well, I can't find what I'm looking for here. Sometimes this text line goes weird. I have a little preview slide that says, hey, watch, and then it, I don't have the rest of it showing up, so I don't know. I was correct. Toby Keith was 62. Thank you for passing that along to us on the Frio Stack auction service text line. And um, just watch. Bob, you can comment on this because just watch. Before too long, all the NFL games will be streaming. Um, you know, there's a, They're using more and more of the uh, streaming services these days. I think the point of that is that they don't want to give it to us for free no matter what it costs. Again, something else happened big yesterday, Howard. I don't have a lot of the particulars because I was kind of out of it. But uh, I think like ESPN, Fox, they're going to get together and try to eliminate the cable. They're, they're just going to offer a streaming service. I, I think I caught the tail of that. Now that's um, We've talked about that's the way of the future, and that's what uh, all of the big corporate executives in the media world think is where they need to get to be. Eliminate that middleman. You know, um, the head of CNN has said the same thing. Has said, you know, we'll we'll continue to be a network, but we're going to be m- more focused on streaming. Uh, the head of ABC has said that about ESPN in the past. So, uh, Texter says, watch before too long, all the NFL will go streaming, and then you have to pay for it. You have to pay for it. All right, uh, eight fourteen of the Watchdog Morning Show. Next hour, next half hour, Brad McElhaney with us to talk about the Greenbrier Sporting Club, not the Greenbrier itself. But the Sporting Club, which is the property ringing the Greenbrier, I saw some of those properties when I was down there last month, uh, two months ago, and they're gorgeous properties, but they're going up for auction because the governor owes $300 million, and Carter Banks says, I want some money. We're going to talk about that with Brad coming up in the next hour. We're going to talk about King Charles and his cancer diagnosis. That's next. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. It's time once again for the West Virginia Bob Otten State Hockey Championship, February 10th and 11th at West Banco Arena. The tournament includes middle school and high school divisions. Top players throughout the state of West Virginia from Charleston, Martinsburg, Morgantown, Lindsley, Wheeling Central, and Wheeling Park. February 10th and 11th at West Banco Arena, the West Virginia Bob Otten State Hockey Championship. 
A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Sleep, but I know there's more coming. There we go. See, I knew there was more coming. 816, 817, Watchdog Morning Show. 23 degrees, Wheeling, 26 degrees, excuse me, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 23 at the Highlands, 20 in Elm Grove, and 26 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios as we go over to our uh, good old friend Victoria Jones is here with us this morning. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning. Haven't talked to you for a while, at least not on, not on the air. It's good to have you here with us this morning. I wanted to reach out to you because when I think of uh, issues with the royal family, I always think of you. You kind of follow all this stuff, having been a uh, Brit for a while. Um, the King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer I, I guess I, I guess I'll ask a dumb question. Was that surprising? I guess nobody cancer diagnoses are all surprising. But what did you think when you first heard that? I was quite shocked, to be honest. I mean, I, I you know we knew that he'd gone in for the prostate thing, but they said that was nothing. You know that that was fine. Um, but coming on the heels of uh, Kate's uh, rather right. serious abdominal surgery, which is was a serious abdominal surgery, and she's not going to be taking up any public events until probably after Easter. This is a long recovery, so that that is that is something serious that happened to her. Um, this is this is a big deal for people, and uh, people are pretty shocked about this. Yeah, it's um, you're right. First of all, it, it's it, it, there's been just a string of, of medical problems for the royal family here in the last couple of months, and now ca- capped by King Charles uh, having a cancer diagnosis. He went in for prostate exam, but I believe I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have said it is not prostate cancer, though. Correct? That's correct. That's what they're saying. It's not prostate cancer. It's it's something else. Now I'm I'm not a medical person, so I don't know what that means. And they have not said so far. And we don't. Yes, yeah, so we don't, we don't know what kind of cancer he has. I, Victoria, reading the tea leaves. I want to ask you what it means for Great Britain and so on in a minute. But reading the tea leaves, at least to me, this sounds like he may be, like it may be really serious. Well, it may be. Now, what what I, it may be or it may not be. I don't know. Um, they, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, who visited him yesterday, um, was a, probably said a bit more than he was supposed to have <laughs> when he said 
which is, you know, stupid. Uh, but there you go. What can you do with politicians? Um, well, I've got a lot of ideas, actually. But it, what, he, what he said was that the, the cancer had been caught in early stages. Ah, okay. All right, well, that's good news, I guess. Yeah, That is good news. And um, he, I'm quite sure he wasn't supposed to say anything unless he was primed and told to say that. Yeah. You can, you can never tell with the firm, which is, of course, the unofficial name royal, of the royal, royal family. family yeah. So we don't know. But that is that is what he said. And so, so that actually is a bit hopeful. And, you know, the, the king is 75. That's not that old. No, I'm 70. So believe me, I don't think 75 is old at all. <laughs> not, no. at, not at all. Uh, although no. there is some, I don't know what the word to use is. It's almost humor, and that's a bad phrase to use. Um, it's not quite irony. He waited his entire life to become king for the queen to well, pass. Well, no, that is irony. No, it is ironic. And there's and, no question about it. And and it looks like maybe, maybe I'm saying, maybe his uh, his reign will be shorter than it could have been. I mean, it's just there is irony in that completely. Um, well, oh, definitely. Re- and you, yes, and you have to look at these things in 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 the long term, in the in the thousand fifteen hundred year. You know, look at them. I mean, you know, some some kings. You know, we're only on the throne for six months before they were popped off or, yes. you know, various other things happened to them that were un- un- unmentionable. So, Hey, yeah. Bob, Bob, this is one of the reasons I have to talk to Victoria. She uses phrases like they were popped off. They were popped off, Howard. <laughs> That's why I enjoy talking to Victoria. <laughs> um, Victoria, the reason I said reading the tea leaves for me was, uh, Prince Harry came zooming over quickly. You know, it strikes me as the old call the family together quickly kind of thing. Uh, that's what made me a little nervous, you know, that, that the family was quickly called together in person to see him. Well, it did me too. And yet, um, Prince Harry, didn't. he didn't meet with William. Well, I, I think, you know, there's so much water and sludge under that bridge. But he had a 30-minute meeting with his father. So I think that's very good. Uh, he, he didn't stay at any of the royal, uh, you know, palaces or buildings. He stayed at a luxury hotel oh, okay. in, somewhere in London. But I don't know if he's gone back home yet or if he's continuing to stay for a bit longer. Uh, so that's not clear to me how long he's staying. But I, I just think it was very good and a, a, a very good sign, actually, that he did that. And I, I, I like it. Uh, I like it on everybody's part that either somebody said, you know, please come, or he said, I'd like to come. Whatever it was, I think it's very good. Yeah, well, I, I mean, on a, on a human family level, I think so, too. I just it was it was almost like the rushing to the bedside kind of thing. And that's what you know, kind of, kind of caught my my attention. Uh, the the prince, or not the prince, the king is now um, stepping back from his public duties. And this is going to show my stupidity and my ignorance. But the monarchy isn't pretty much public duties all he has. I mean, there is no power in the monarchy. There's no power in the king, basically, right? So if he steps back from his public duties, what's he going to be doing? Well, th- well, there is and there isn't power in the king. That's 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 what's interesting about it. Remember, well, first of all, remember we we, uh, we or they, because I'm a dual citizen, have an unwritten constitution, which is 
wonderfully convenient. Um, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand the concept of an unwritten <laughs> constitution, but um, okay, like proceed. It. Proceed. <laughs> they, they, they like it, and they certainly wouldn't have it written down. Okay. Uh, it, it's remarkably convenient. Um, and so they have an unwritten con constitution, so everybody knows um, what it is. Um, so, uh, so that works. Uh, 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 and what, he does have power. He has remarkable power. He's the head of the armed forces. Oh, yes. I, did, I guess I didn't realize. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, yes. He's the head of the armed forces. Um, he's the head of the Church of England. He's the head of the Episcopalian Church. Yeah, but isn't that a figure? Aren't those figureheads? Maybe the royal forces. I didn't realize that. I, I thought that was a, probably a function of the prime minister or of, of no, parliament. Okay. No. All right. No, you see, that there is there is a separation of of state. There is parliament, or there is government. Parliament. Right. And there is the king. So there there are two there are two functions, and that is very deliberate. And the reason for that is. I'll give you a very, very brief, colorful history lesson. Um, there, is, there is the divine right of kings, or there was the divine right of kings, which was the belief that, and you've seen the crown, um, that uh, the, the power of the king or queen derives from God. And, of course, that's in the Bible. And so they believe that their power comes from God so that they can sort of do anything, as some presidents do, I was, I was about to make that analogy, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... so but 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 mo but there, there has been a parliament, you know, a, a parliament with, and it used to be lords, just lords. It didn't used to be common folk, but it just used to be lords going back to the 1500s, 1400s, um, on with from both sides, not Republicans and Democrats, but on both sides, and and then the, the king would be at the head of it. Well, Charles the first got a bit carried away. This was in like 1649, 1650. And he started to say, I'm not having any of this. I can do what I like. Divine right of kings, blah, 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 blah. And they, they sort of said, you know, we're not having this. And there was somebody called Oliver Cromwell. Mm -hmm. And there was a movement and there was a Protestant movement and there was religion involved. And they said, no, 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 no. And they said, you know something, we're going to just going to chop your head off because you just won't shut up. So they chopped Charles I's head off. Well, and and that we had a revolution. That's a, you know that's the kind of thing you don't want to hear about. We had a revolution. It was very exciting. We had a big old revolution. <laughs> wonderful clothes, and um, Oliver Cromwell became the Lord Protector. We had no king. And then people got sick and tired of him. And so they brought Charles II back, who'd been hiding in France. He came back with most glorious clothes, hair, and King Charles Spaniels. And we had kings again. And the but kings came back. Okay. All right. Kings came back. But the parliament said, however, you're not having that power. We are having much more power in parliament. You're not having it. We have had... Um, we have actually had, you know, power for, since the 1200s. You're not having it, so shut up. You're having sort of cursory power. We're having the power. And that sort of put the end to that. 
With all of that said and the background of it and, and where the king Wildly is... Wildly inaccurate. History professors are dropping... It's all right. You know, hey, let me tell you something. It sounded good, and frankly, that's what we care about here. Does it sound good? Yeah. Um, yeah. What does... Uh, let's assume for a second, and I believe it's a fair assumption, let's assume this is not an immediate death sentence for the king. All right, so he's going to be around for a while. Nonetheless, what does this cancer diagnosis mean for Great Britain... How will the Brits react to that? You're a Brit. I guess you can respond yourself. How will they re- react to this cancer diagnosis? And does this mean that there's going to be some rethinking about how the monarchy will move forward or not? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to assume we're not talking about the king passing away in the next six months or something. But, but you know, a cancer diagnosis is always something you've got to start thinking about the future. So what does it mean? I, I think all eyes are on William as they were, particularly from the younger generation, um, people like William and Kate, and, and they've been worried about her. All eyes are on William, who's very popular, you know, and, and uh, he's very popular. He does, he does a lot of work. He has a focus uh, on certain issues. He works very hard. Um, and, uh, you know, his children, they, they've got rid of the succession, which is only men. Um, so the third in line to the throne is a girl, which is nice, actually. I thought, I'm wishing everybody dead. I'm just saying. No, um, the, the focus is on William now. And uh, the people, I think, are very concerned about Charles, but they're also looking to the future. I think people are very much looking to the future and eyes are on William. And I think there's a lot of serious regret that, you know, if, if Harry had not walked away, William would not have to carry all this alone. Uh, Princess Anne, who's 73, uh, Charles's younger sister, w- works like a dog. She had 457 public engagements last year, hardworking public engagements last year. And, um, you know, if Harry was there, he could be doing some of that hard work about causes he cares about. But he's not there, and so William and Anne and the others are doing this, and it, it, and they I will they will have day. to step up even more now, probably. Yes, yes, they will. And you see, Kate's not there and won't be probably for for months. Yep, Victoria, I've got to move on here. Um, so this is a story that we'll see how it unfolds. Wait to see what kind of cancer. I I, I don't know how much information will come forth. After this initial round of, of, you know, reporting it, I don't know if we'll learn more about his diagnosis, prognosis, um, but I can't help but think that in Great Britain this has to focus the, having just relatively just gone through the passing of the long, aged queen, now you've got the king who may not be there very long. It, it has to get people thinking about the monarchy and, and how is it going to all work out. Although, again, as you point out, you know, our memories are short because our country is is is, uh, is new, really. So, memories there are a lot longer. I got to run right now, though, Victoria. Uh, we will talk to you next week. I appreciate your time today. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. All right, Victoria Jones, our royal watcher here this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's eight thirty-one, twenty-nine to the hour. Uh, it's going to be a sunny day, a high of fifty-one, but it's cold outside right now. We're roaming in the mid twenties, pretty much everywhere this morning. Victoria Jones with us uh, today to talk about the uh, King's. Cancer diagnosis coming up. Brad McElhenney is going to talk about the uh, Greenbrier Sporting Club lots are going to be sold at auction. And we'll take a look at the uh, 
gubernatorial debate among the Republican candidates last night as well. I didn't see it, but Brad did, and he's got some thoughts on that. It's coming up as the Watchdog Morning Show continues. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 7th. Crews were working overnight to clear up a Belmont County road that closed due to a propane tanker truck crash. The Belmont County Sheriff's Office said that County Road 56 Maynard Road between State Route 9 and Cag Hill Road had been closed after a call came in just after 4.30 p.m. yesterday. Belmont County EMA Director Dave Ivan confirms to 7 News that out of precaution, officials closed off a half-mile evacuation zone. They were waiting for another tanker to offload the truck that crashed. Now the cause of the crash is unknown, but crews were hoping to reopen the road as soon as the other tanker arrived. Stay with 7 News for updates. And Brook County officials are blaming the state tax department for a significant error in assessing oil and gas for the 2023 tax year based on a 2021 production data. The failure to analyze the data led to drastically reduced assessments impacting Brook County, among others. The county was expected to receive an additional $4.4 million. Commission President A.J. Thomas emphasized that the error was not the fault of local county assessors or their staff, but the state's affecting multiple departments' funding. The other counties affected were Doddridge, Harrison, Marshall, Monongalia, Pleasance, Tyler, and Wetzel counties. 7 News has reached back out to the state tax department and are waiting for a response. All new this morning, every 33 seconds, cardiovascular disease claims a life. As per the CDC, heart disease, stroke, and other cardiovascular diseases collectively result in the death of over 877,000 Americans annually. That's why February is being recognized as American Heart Month, giving people a chance to better understand the significance of heart health. Now, there are multiple ways you can keep your heart healthy, and those include eating a healthy diet, exercising regularly, and limiting alcohol intake. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. The honors keep pouring in for WV baseball star J.J. Weatherholt. He got another one. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restriction supply, see site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yet another honor for WVU baseball standout infielder J.J. Weatherholt. He has been named a preseason first-team All-American by the National College Baseball Writers Association. This is J.J.'s fifth major honor of the preseason. He's already been selected as the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year and a preseason All-American by Perfect Game, D1 Baseball, and 
Baseball America. He was a unanimous first-team All-American a season ago, and he is the reigning Big 12 Player of the Year. Last season, he hit a nation-best 449 while leading WVU with 16 home runs, 60 RBI, 67 runs, 24 doubles, and 36 stolen bases. He has now played in 109 games in his two seasons at West Virginia with an amazing 381 career batting average to go along with 21 home runs, 51 stolen bases, 99 RBI. Weatherholt becomes just the third Mountaineer in the program's history to be named a preseason first-team All-American after Matt Schubert and Braden Zarbinski, who did it back in 2018. Weatherholt enters into this season as one of the expected top selections in the upcoming MLB draft. Weatherholt and the Mountaineers will open up their season coming up on February the 16th when they meet up against Stetson down in Florida. The first home game for the Mountaineers scheduled for February the 28th as WVU takes on the Golden Griffins of Canisius. That is, today's Mountaineer Report is brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. I'm Deepak Kuda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cat Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WV Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. How tough are you? It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest. Co-sponsored by WTOV9, Eagle 107.5, Wheeling, Ohio County CBB, Thomas Auto Centers, The World Gym, Jill's Gentleman's Club, A Class Act, ICR Equipment Rental, Sales and Supply, and Honda Direct Line. Coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. If you think you're tough enough and willing to get in the ring and prove it, sign up to fight at WBToughman.com. Ladies, if you want to be a ring girl and strut your stuff, up in the ring, sign up at WVToughman.com. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at the West Banco Arena box office or online at WestBancoArena.com. It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. Planning to stay in Wheeling, Tough Man Weekend? The Wheeling, Ohio County CVB is offering special hotel rates for Tough Man fighters, ring girls, and fans. For details, visit WVToughman.com. Get your tickets today and tough it out. On FM, on AM, Online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. When my kids uh, think of my wife and I dancing and rock and rolling, or even less, when Teddy thinks of Grandma and Granddad acting the way we did back in the 70s, Bob, uh, they just stare with great disbelief. You know, nobody can ever believe that their moms and dads or Grandma and Granddads were actually, you know, young adults one time. Reminds me when I watch my grandparents do the Charleston, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> See, we do the twist. We've often done the twist with Teddy. You know, we do the twist. Granddad, what are you doing? 
uh, singing to us the twist. Let's do the twist. It's 8.40, of the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're looking at uh, 26 degrees Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. That has not budged all morning long, so we're still cold up there. 26 at the airport, 25 a de- degree or two up at the Highlands, still cold, 25 degrees. 22 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 25 here at the Watchdog. 26? We're 26? up to 27, Howard. 27 big degrees. Take that blanket off, Bob. It's not Come cold on, in Bob. there. Why have you got a blanket on in there? You look like a sick man, for heaven's sakes. 26, 27, or an Indian, I'm not sure which. 27 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Going to be a nice, so it's a cold morning. Uh, I had to scrape the window, windows. Hey, you're going to be warming up the car this morning. But it's going to be a sunny day with a high in the 50s or around 50 before it's over and uh, done with. Let's welcome to uh, the program our old friend Brad Macklin. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Howard. Hi. So, um, I guess Carter Bank didn't waste much time going after the governor's <laughs> money, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, I think that is a key part of the story, and it shows that they are serious. I kind of thought things would be worked out in court a little more. Mm-hmm. When we last left off, the judge in Martinsville, Virginia, had rejected justice defenses on this claim that $300 million is owed from Jim Justice personally, Kathy and Jay, to Carter Bank. The justices had said that's not fair. Uh, Carter Bank's lending policies have been too restrictive. We haven't been able to conduct our businesses in a way that is fully fruitful and, pro- and, and profitable. The, the justice said, well, the, the judge in that case said, your arguments are not actually factually based. They are hyperbole. <laughs> and he ruled against them. But there hasn't even really been an order in that case yet. The bank has gone ahead and done this this high-profile practical move. From practical, I mean concrete. They're going to do something. Uh, they, they've put in for notice to auction off the sporting club, the Greenbrier Sporting Club. Not the Greenbrier itself, but uh, the, the properties that consist of the adjacent membership-driven neighborhood. And I, I just was – it's a real shot across the bow. Uh, I was, of course, at the Greenbrier at Christmas time, and uh, you know, took a little tour of those properties in the neighborhood. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty ritzy stuff. I mean, so those are those are probably gonna fetch a pretty penny, I would assume. I do want to stress what you just stressed, and I did earlier this morning. This is not the Greenbrier Resort. This is the Greenbrier Sporting Club, but it is it is as if Carter Bank is circling the Greenbrier. You know what I'm saying? I mean, literally, they're circling the Greenbrier. Not ready for the Greenbrier yet, but circling the Greenbrier. And don't you think, uh, uh, Brad, that by going after the Greenbrier Sporting Club, it raises the public profile a whole lot more than just going after a, a helicopter? Oh, my gosh. Well, I I think so. It is, you know, a stunning piece of property to go after. It's, it is an aspect of the 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 resort crown jewel that that turned justice into a household name in West Virginia, uh, to some degree a a business hero, because the lore was that he bought the Greenbrier out of bankruptcy. He saved, saved, he saved the Greenbrier. Saved the Greenbrier, and that was a launching point toward being a household name and being a viable political figure. 
So, you know, can you climb down the mountain in reverse? Uh, that's, that's what you're seeing here. It is, again, the Greenbrier Sporting Club. It, they have not yet taken aim at the Greenbrier Resort, but they're adjacent. Uh, in some ways, it seems to me legally going after the Greenbrier Sporting Club is a little more complicated because people they're, do buy and their own individual their own properties. properties. Yeah, right. And I am, I am still trying to wrap my mind around how a sale of the full enterprise would work. Yeah, I, I was, I, as a practical matter, I wondered that too. Um, and it's out of my knowledge realm, so I decided not to think about it too much. <laughs> but uh, um, this has got, I suppose Justice, will, Justice has a, one of his uh, public uh, press conferences, that you can call it, coming up today, I think. Uh, I suppose he'll probably address this, do you think? Yeah, it's noon, well, quote-unquote noon today, and I have signed up to ask a question. Uh, Governor, if you're listening, I, I intend to give you the opportunity to respond to this action. And, you know, it's it's private property um, in the sense that the, the privately held justice family owns it, but it's, you know, the Greenbrier properties are, are a piece of West Virginia yeah. as well. And so I, I think that there is a real public question here about the, the ownership, about it being up for auction, uh, what it means not only for the justice businesses, but for Green Bar Sporting Club owners and, you know, the rest of us who, for whom spotlight West Virginia personalities and properties are, are a meaningful part of what the state's all about. Politically, um is this does this maybe shift some people's perception? Again, most folks kind of either didn't care, didn't know, or chuckled at uh, them going after his helicopter. But going after the Greenbrier or even the Greenbrier Sporting Club, which has the Greenbrier name in it and which is in close proximity to the Greenbrier Resort, that, this raises things to a different level. I would think in public perception. I would think it would begin to also, you know, that it may not shift public perception, but it might begin to get people's attention, um, particularly if it goes to the next couple of steps. Uh, a courthouse auction on the front steps of this ritzy property, uh, or if it goes to the next next step and maybe, you know, the, the Greenbrier itself is in question. Again, we want to stress it, and that's not the case at the moment, but Carter Bank seems to be very aggressive about this, and I'm not sure they're not even intending to make a point with this. Uh, I, have no, I, that's, I have no inside info. I, that just kind of strikes me as maybe as the case. But they're being very aggressive. I could see them turning their attention to the Greenbrier. It, it, I don't have any exact inside knowledge either, and mostly what I've done is I read the public notice that was in the Gazette Mail yesterday, but I, it did occur to me, this train of logic, if there is some question about how a, a sale of the full Greenbrier Sporting Club property would intersect with the private ownership of people's homes, lots, the clubhouse, the pool, that, that all, to me, makes it complicated to sell it. So why would you do this complicated process when you get the Greenbrier sitting right there? Yeah. And to me, this might be a warning shot. These things still, there's a lot of bad blood between the justices and Carter Banks, but the, the easier thing to do, if, if justice has the money somewhere, 
but that, that's a big question that's running through all this. If he has the money, just to settle. I mean, just to say, all right, we'll, we'll give you what you owe or we'll, we'll reach an agreement on on some aspect of what is owed. That would be a Brad, lot easier. Isn't that the crux all. of this? The governor doesn't seem to have the money to pay. I mean, I don't want to say he's bankrupt. You and I have talked about this before. That's a legal term. But all indications are there's, there's just there is there is no available cash in those companies. That is so. It, it seems that when they when when the, the rubber hits the road, if they are if the justices are in real real trouble in the court system, they can sometimes shift assets and come up with the money. But you know, it was June that a hundred justice owned lots yeah. in southern West Virginia were also sold at auction. And I kept thinking, surely they're going to come in and they're going to... It was just back taxes, they're basically. put up the money. Yeah, it was all over back taxes. So I, I thought, well, you know, they'll, surely they'll never let that happen. That, that is bad press that people can really relate to. And I thought at the time that that might shift public sentiment. And none of that happened. I, it, it's over and done. I think people have forgotten. Uh, the justices, to my knowledge, never came in and provided the money to pay those back taxes. Uh, they, they actually might still, 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 still have the time because there's a lot of leeway. But you know, if they couldn't do that, if they couldn't do that for individual, relatively low-profile lots. Yeah, I mean, property taxes on those. Lo- yeah, I would. I mean, and the dollar figure, maybe I don't know. Probably maybe significant to me, but probably not, it's not what you call a huge amount. It's not like the Greenbrier itself or the Sporting Club lots themselves, which have huge value to them. These were other properties that. I just sort of almost thought of as incidental properties in his holdings. Uh, why would you? To, you're right to avoid the publicity. Why wouldn't you just pay off those taxes if you I can? Mean, if you can, but is the answer they they can't? Uh, and that's that's another mystery. I don't I don't actually know why they can't. You know, <laughs> to go way way back, Justice did sell the coal properties to uh, the Russian conglomerate McKell for five hundred million dollars bought them back for $5 million, and how how suddenly you can't pay your property taxes on just individual lots in McDowell County, I, it's stunning. But, uh, you know, I it, it just does seem like you would, if you could at all avoid the political embarrassment while you are running for U.S. Senate, you'd do it. Yeah, I, it just, it, just it, it boggles my mind. But this, again, now the Greenbrier Sporting Club, uh, circle, literally circling the Greenbrier Resort, uh, going to be sold at auction. I think it's next month, right, in March? Early March. It was, I think, a month from a day earlier this week. March 5th, I think. I do not know. I don't remember if there were I'll any. I'll see you there. We'll be yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll place a bid, you know. <laughs> I always like to go to auctions. I like to place a bid and then watch my bid get out of, out of hand. I enjoyed my time at the Greenbrier. I wouldn't mind having a house right around there. I can try. I can give it. I could give it a try. I don't know. Um, Alex Mooney has not made a lot of public hay. He says it in speeches and all, but he hasn't made a lot of public hay. Not a lot of public advertising or TV or radio advertising. You know, on the governor's financial problems. I, my sense is he's letting the media do his work for him with that. That seems to be the case. Now we get press releases from the Mooney campaign, and they will cite news articles or events with justices' property conflicts. 
Uh, and there was one yesterday, uh, boy, I'm, uh, for sale, he says, literally anything that belongs to Jim Justice. <laughs> a little bit funny there, right? But So there, there are two lines of attack from Mooney. One is all of this financial trouble from Jim Justice, and the other is calling Mooney calling Jim Justice a, a liberal rhino. Yeah. You know, so Hoppy gets zinged from some of the listeners about, oh, you're just picking on Jim Justice. You do it every day. You're only picking on him because he's a Republican. You wouldn't do it if he was a Democrat. But, you know, some of the highest profile people knocking justice around about this are Alex Mooney, the Republican congressman who is up against justice for U.S. Senate, and Senate Finance Chairman Eric Tarr, another prominent Republican in the state. So, I don't know. I, I think the defense of justice in the sense that oh, you're only picking him on him because he's a Republican, just doesn't really hold water. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. Look, I, I'm people know I'm a liberal Democrat, but um, and I, I pick on the governor, but I, I also I actually write, if, if I were to vote in the Republican primary, I'd be voting for him. I mean, that's just that's a reality. So, yeah, I, it's not, it, you look at circumstances that you have before you. Hey, um, so March 5th, so I, like, what I started to say was, I, I don't know that there were any cameras on hand at the other auctions. Maybe there were. I don't remember that. I will bet you there will be some ca- big cameras on hand for the uh, March 5th auction of these Greenbrier Sporting Club lots. Oh, you would think. And, you know, that location would not actually be hard to get to from, you know, say, D.C. No. Uh, folks who are covering the Senate race. So I think you're right. The, the other lot that were sold at auction in the summer were individually pretty small, and they were at multiple county locations, including McDowell, so more difficult to get to uh, and not as high profile. But this one, you know, certainly could be. Uh, can I shift gears with you for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I did not get to see the gubernatorial. The G- Bob, do I have to take a break? I should ask Bob that. That's okay. Okay. Um I did not get to see the GOP gubernatorial debate last night, moderated by Hoppy. Uh, all four of the candidates were uh, on hand for this one. Um, I got the impression from your story at WVMetroNews.com that maybe the first item is everybody was trying to out-Trump each other. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes, there, were, there was a lot of expression of support for Trump, but also they, they got into this thing where there were – allegations that uh, from one to the others that they had not supported Trump enough. (laughs) And so, I mean, one example is Patrick Morrissey's campaign has gotten significant political action committee support from entities related to Club for Growth, which has been trying to land on another Trump presidential candidate. Sorry, another presidential candidate who is not Trump. Right. And so that, that then trickles down and and Morrissey gets accused of being not sufficiently pro-Trump himself. Uh, he tries to counter that. Uh, there were some other allegations, I think, that, that some of the other candidates were not nearly Trumpy enough. And that, so that is where we are in, in West Virginia. It's, it's not about the, the candidates for governor themselves and their style and priorities as the chief executive. It's whether they are sufficiently loyal to the presumed Republican nominee for president. Reading your story, and again, that's where I'll have my information from at the moment, and the piece in the morning intel is by Stephen Adams. Um, once again, it sounds like Mac Warner was about the only guy who tried to talk about reasonable policy issues. 
Uh, I, I certainly in the last debate that Morrissey did not take part in, with the three debates sponsored, the three candidate debates sponsored by Metro News, uh, Mac Warner, you know, offered a couple of policy ideas. He talked about why the uh, it sounds good to say get rid of the income tax on day one, but why there are potential problems with that. Um, my sense continues to be that he has some ideas above and beyond just being a conservative, although I guess he said, you know, I'm a strong conservative too. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to work in the GOP primary in West Virginia. Yeah, and and, am, and am, I, am I reading that wrong, by the way? No, I think that's right. I, I will say that I, it, it is hard to summarize an hour-and-a-half debate among four candidates in a story that people are willing to stick with. And I felt like one area where I felt – I fell a little bit short was these policy positions, you know, the, the roads, the education, abortion, the economy. It, it's just those are weighty issues. And I think to their credit, sometimes these candidates had fairly nuanced responses. And it was just hard for me to convey that in the one story. Um, I, I did think that the Warner came across very naturally. And, and so when, for example, an example you raised, Chris Miller, the businessman, said, I would eliminate the income tax in West Virginia on day one. And he had a very trickle-down theory that that would then get people to move to West Virginia and there would be a critical population mass, an influx, and that that in itself would help West Virginia pay the other bills. Uh, Max said, that's not going to work on day one. and You're going to have to work with the legislature. There would need to be a phase-in. We have actual obligation." And then Warner went on to say, you know, we're, he doesn't think we're meeting some of those obligations currently. Uh, critical positions in education. Uh, you know, you've heard about the, the the open positions for corrections officers and uh, child protective services workers. And so he gave a pretty blunt assessment of, of some of those things. And that, that's kind of the way it was with a lot of the other responses as well. People can read your uh, As Good As It Could Get article <laughs> at WVMetroNews.com, or also Stephen Adams has a front-page piece in the Intel today. Um, and I think you and Stephen together are on Hoppy Show today. Is that right? We're on Hoppy Show, and, you know, if you have the time and interest, I, we actually have an embedded audio version of the debate in my story that's at the top of WestVirginiaMetroNews.com. Uh, you, you won't get the visuals, but the audio might uh, might help you. If, well, you're, if you're trying to decide among four candidates, yeah, it's going to be interesting because they're the the the, the uh, nuance is a good word. The nuances between them is what's going to maybe make a difference. Hey, Brad, I appreciate the work you always do, and I appreciate you joining me this morning. Thanks a lot. Um, I'll look forward to the uh, questions you ask of the governor today. And listen, I'll I'll see you down at the auction. Maybe we'll see if we can you know we can maybe we can get houses next door to each other. Ooh, we might have to pull resources and share a house. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Brad. I appreciate it. All right, I gotta say sorry now. I see you. Bye bye. Farewell. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Kirchhoff's got the com coming up at ten, but the legislative watchdogs are coming up next. Mister Slider, my sincere hope you feel better. Thank you, Howard. As uh, the next day goes by, and uh, all things considered, we intend to gather together again tomorrow morning at seven o'clock for another go around of this big gig. Until then, have yourself a great day. Rock on with your bad.